0: Welcome to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman.
1: And Chef Cindy Wolf. Beautiful day, Tony. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, it's a beautiful day. Any day you're having brunch, right?
1: Oh yeah. I love brunch. Brunch is fun. Well, just the idea of family getting together or friends and family getting together. Well, I, but it's always a little traumatic, too, because egg dishes are so um, it's tra- critical. They're critical.
0: Dramatic or traumatic?
1: It's both dramatic. It can be dramatic, but mostly it can be traumatic. i have never
0: by injured by the the failure of an egg dish, I have to admit, <laughs> psychologically, emotionally, well, or otherwise. no I do
1: know. You know, your guests might be unhappy if your eggs are overcooked.
0: My guests are not going to be unhappy. Or
1: not salted. They won't be allowed. Well. No. They'll be drinking, so they'll probably you, just be able to get their, the, themselves the, through it all, right? The,
0: <laughs> managing oneself, the key to brunch, right? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, th- I think people – I was thinking about this before we were preparing for the program. With brunch, <laughs> people – I think about things. Yes. <laughs> I think people give themselves permission. The reason that people are so unreasonably happy to go to brunch or to come to brunch is someone's house.
2: Mm-hmm. They're unreasonably I mean, it's, happy? Like
0: breakfast is nice. Lunch is nice. And it, there are little treats in that. but it's brunch twofer. Is, no, but it's, it's not the twofer. It's not the compromise. It's not the more is available thing. It's the my productivity is shot for the day, and I'm okay with that. I like that.
1: Oh, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah I, agree I think I
0: think that's what brunch is really about. Well. You're enjoying yourself with your friends and, and mm-hmm. family or whoever you're having brunch with, and whether that's in a restaurant or whether that's in
1: mm-hmm. your home
0: or a friend's home. But it's sort of like saying, today, I'm off.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing.
0: So let's just say, hypothetically, there's brunch going on at, at your farm at your house. Well you I'm you have all kinds of stuff in market. So yeah, what what are you
1: gonna cook? So what's what would be some of my ideas for things on the menu at the farm? Um there are a couple of ways I would start. And to have a cold soup, chilled soup is really wonderful, this obviously this time of year. And with all the heirloom tomatoes um on the market, gazpacho is a is a beautiful thing. I can also utilize my garden that way. And with gazpacho, you're using uh, many different types of heirloom tomatoes so that you have different levels of sweetness and acidity in the in the gazpacho. I use a good extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of cucumber, uh, shallots, and usually fresh uh, chives and basil. And to garnish it with anything you want, you could garnish it with lobster or shrimp or not at all. It doesn't necessarily need any, any addition to it. But, you know, keeping that that cold and chilled. Um, another idea for something, a chilled soup is chilled peach soup. And I was thinking well, your about peach soup
0: was always really, really good.
1: Uh, I was thinking about when we first, uh, here, we did Zoomerang a couple of times, and that used to be a black tie event out at the zoo. And I actually, I was talking to one of my cooks about it the oh other day. Oh my
0: God, that was hot!
1: Oh, that was that yeah. First, i um, seeing people in their tuxedo. I've never you perspired so much
0: in a tuxedo. Yeah,
1: tuxedos super hot. But anyway, I, I knew that it would be obviously it was going to be hot, so we did chilled peach soup, and it was always really, really popular. And um, I used to make the chilled peach soup where I would blend it with um, sour cream and a little bit of brown sugar. And Didn't you put booze in there? I w- sometimes have put Guzzling's Black Seal Rum there in. There we go. Now you're talking. <laughs> and um, I was thinking what I would do now is that I would puree the peaches instead just with a little bit of fresh lime juice and uh, then garnish it with a little bit of creme fraiche and have just a little bit of brown sugar on top of the soup. And I think that would be really pretty and bright, and I would totally skip the alcohol in it now. But it's fun.
0: It would be <coughs> nice to have with a brunchy cocktail or something, that's mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Well, and the other, another chilled soup, uh, as we're, I think we're about to get plums in. Shouldn't we, within the next couple of weeks, see, plum, see the beginning of plums, plums or are we going to have a bad we, plum season? We,
0: we will probably see the, the blue plums, uh, the Italian prune plums, mm-hmm. but it's been tough because a lot of the trees got frost right when it was flowering. Right, so right. a lot of the ones okay. in, in northern Baltimore County and, and towards Pennsylvania okay. did well, not produce.
1: Well, if you could get plums, um, and it, doesn't really matter what variety there but again, just considering acidity and sweetness, um, I I love to make nectarine and plum soup and when I do that, I leave the skins on both fruits and Oh, so you get a little tannin. Oh, you get tannin you get a beautiful, beautiful color and it's very good for you Um, and uh, so something like that where you puree the two fruits and again, I would probably still puree in a little bit of, uh, you don't have to, but you could puree in a little bit of creme fraiche and or or garnish it with that, but you could kind of go either route, whether it's the peach soup or the plum and nectarine, so starting off with some chilled soups. And, you know, also you want to think about what you're going to have on display. Um, what do you want out for your guests when they come in, because it is awfully easy for the cook to to have, you know, things right there ready for guests so that they can immediately have something to nibble on.
0: It's also nice to walk in and have some wonderful little snack ready to go right in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. It- the soup—it's funny uh, to all this talking about this particular year because this is a funny summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the corn—some of the corn has been very, very good. Makes me think that if you're going to do a hot soup,
1: mm-hmm.
0: your corn soup—that husk roasted corn soup that you've made for years and years—would be great. And that's not the most complicated one to make.
1: No, it's. And
0: people could do that, at maybe a little bit cooler, brunch in the morning.
1: Right. Um, I roast corn in the husk for about 35 minutes at 350 degrees and um, then cool it down a little bit cut it off the cob until get too click don't scrape the cob after you've cut the corn off of the cob get your soup pot going saute a small dice of onions and a little bit of butter add a little bit of tasso ham and I also brown off separately small dice of bacon and then take all the fat off of that after it's nice and crispy, and that will go into the soup at the very end. So going back to the soup pot where you have a little bit of butter, you've sautéed your onions, and you've added a... Actually, in this case, it would be a brunoise of tasso ham, which is the smallest of dice... Um, and then add...
0: Mm, tasso is that like Louisiana spiced, Cajun spiced ham. Cajun
1: cured ham.
0: So, no wonder I always love this soup. There's two kinds of pork in it.
1: Right. <laughs> well, and <laughs> Tasso ham has a lot of spices. As you say, uh, it's Cajun cured. So it has a lot of spices on the outside of it. And that introduces into the soup really beautifully. And um, it's usually pretty heavy on paprika, uh, a little bit of uh, garlic, and certainly has dried spices, thyme and oregano and basil on it. So once you add cream to that pot, uh, then you can add the corn and bring it up to a boil. It doesn't have to cook very long. You've already, everything in there pretty well is cooked already. It's so, like the
0: sweetness of the corn and the mm-hmm. and the, the little bit of spice infusing and the, mm-hmm. the little bit of smoke from the bacon infusing and in the soup is just a
1: Right. And add the bacon at the end. Fantastic thing. A little bit of pepper, freshly ground pepper, cook it for probably another five minutes. And this is if you're pre-cooking you know making your soup ahead so all you have to do is heat it up later which is what I'm assuming you're doing and don't forget that black pepper you're, you're going to want that in there and then I finish it with whole grain mustard and that needs to be done off the heat you do not cook it with that whole grain mustard in there uh, because of the le- level of acidity that it it uh, adds to the soup it adds balance to the soup yeah and everything's left whole so you don't have to puree you don't have to strain anything I mean it's 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 I call it a chowder. It, it does not have potatoes in it um, because I don't think it needs anything else added to it. But I can't you,
0: imagine anything making it richer. I mean, right. It's really it's one just, of those terrific, It's really satisfying. pretty. hmm
1: And you just don't want to overcook it. That's what makes it a good soup. If you were to cook it too long and actually reduce the cream, you would find it to be way too heavy. So it really is a fast cook. I mean, you can make that soup in 30 minutes so that's, after that's you cook the It's fun to think. The I mean,
0: you could get corn from the market mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and make that soup this morning for, for brunch and... Pretty, that's pretty terrific.
1: That's a good soup. Uh-huh. It's
0: rich enough that you don't have to have, like because if you're giving people a hot thing first, you mm-hmm. can do maybe a room temperature dish or something that sits out, and it's not a big deal for a well, main dish.
1: And one of the other things I was thinking about, just a big, you know, beautiful white platter with, or your favorite platter, no matter what it looks like, but just something with sides that you could make a great salad, um, which would be large dice of watermelon, seedless, a little bit of peaches, and you want to toss those in a little bit of acid, and heirloom tomatoes, and a julienne of either radicchio or treviso, and
0: so a nice bitter
1: exactly, and a little bit of bib lettuce, which I have growing in my garden. So when I, I made this salad this week, and um, really having the contrast between the radicchio and the sweet, tender, wonderful uh, butter lettuce or bib lettuce was very nice, and and to have all that sweet fruit in there, I made a dressing where I took some of the watermelon and pureed it in the blender. And I put it in a saute pan and reduced it down with fresh lime juice and fresh grapefruit juice. I added a tiny bit of sugar because it becomes pretty acidic as you're reducing it down. But I reduced it probably by maybe 70%. So watermelon juice, a little bit of lime juice and a little bit mostly, it's mostly watermelon juice. So let's say it's 75% watermelon juice and 25% lime. And I use pink grapefruit, which also is a little bit, Sweeter, I think, than um, white grapefruit, and reduce it down. Add a little sugar, and then cool it a bit, and then just whisk in a little bit of corn oil, which is a good neutral oil. You don't have to add salt or pepper because, honestly, the salad itself should get salt and pepper to order, or uh, as you're making the salad, and um, and then just toss everything else, uh, everything together. So you have the bib lettuce, the the radicchio or treviso, um the three fruits, basically the tomato, the peaches and uh, the watermelon and drizzle on that beautiful dressing. And actually on the side, when I was cutting my tomatoes, I did actually a small dice of the tomatoes. I did toss those. I did dress those with extra, a good extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper. So those were also kind of just ready to go. And a little bit of that juice coming out of there and adding that to the salad as well is really, really good. It's, 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 it's a and you, I would it make that sounds like it's that. pretty
0: sharp and sweet mm-hmm. and and a little bit it hits all the points of the palate at one time
1: and it's not going to hurt it if you make it you know just before your guests get there, you can kind of have all the components ready in your refrigerator and then oh you know oh everyone should be here in about thirty minutes, just put it together and put it on the platter put the, if you have room in your refrigerator put the platter back in the refrigerator so it's nice and cold, and then as your guests get there and you feel it's time to start to serve it, um, that can be one of the first things out and I think that's a great way to start it's so again, fresh and bright and, and, um, lively, you know, it's, it's, it's delicious actually. I love the reduction. The little quick dressing is really nice Add.
0: People always want to drink Prosecco and there's a, there's an ocean of maybe not great Prosecco in the market. There's a producer, Nino Franco, that makes fantastic mm-hmm. Prosecco. And I'm mm-hmm. just thinking how nice it would be Yeah, that's because it has, because there's balance to the wine, but there's, but there is some sweetness. There's enough sweetness and enough acid to handle something like that, mm-hmm. and great to have as a first something, especially if you're like out in the garden and and uh, set a table out there.
1: That sounds beautiful, and and also you know celebratory in a way. You know, yeah, it doesn't have to be, but it feels it makes you feel special when you yeah, drink bub- a bubbles put, wine. bubbles
0: put you on the mini vacation, right? <laughs>
1: uh, another salad. You know, a bistro. Traditional bistro salad frisée with a poached egg, and I just and those then that typically has lardon as well. Well, that, I mean that can be a it main is course. Best. That can be a main course exactly. for a
0: brunch. I yeah. mean that's that's a great if you made that corn soup. That'd be a great second course. main course after that. It's a right. b- It's funny. It sounds fancy, you know. Salad du frisé. Mm. It's a bacon and egg salad.
1: Right, <laughs> right, and it's just so good. And the dressing, you know, again should be nice and sharp. You should have a good oil in there and uh, you're going to poach an egg and put that on top of the salad so you have protein that way and if you want and the, if world,
0: the world is not capable of poaching an egg with uh, accuracy sometimes so well, what's, a, what's a pretty good guideline for you're having three guests you're one person so you're going to poach four eggs to make the salad or you're going to be a madman and you're going to poach eight eggs to, <laughs> to make the salad so what do I have to do besides buy really good Fresh you know, eggs. pastured eggs?
1: One of the key things to cooking eggs is really to have them be at room temperature too. So it really is better. Okay. So you're going to have a pot of water with a little bit of white vinegar in it. You want a neutral vinegar. And I would say, you know, for a gallon pot, you want a cup of vinegar. You don't want to overdo the vinegar, um, Mm. but you want to have enough in for it to coagulate the egg.
0: You need a gallon pot for... uh, No, not for four eggs. Four eggs.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A small pot with some vinegar in it. And water, and bring it up to a boil, and then turn it down to a simmer, and crack your eggs into little individual bowls. Um, that way, you can just tip them gently into the just lightly kinda, simmering you water. Just kind of slide them into the mm-hmm, water mm-hmm. out of the bowl. You would never want to just break it into the water. That's you're not going to be successful doing that. anymore. Yeah. And um, yeah,
0: I was use like a teacup and just, just right.
1: And that's perfect. It only takes about a minute and a half. You want the egg to still be. Soft in the center, uh, very soft in the center. You want it to just sort of to have just come together. Now, if you're doing this when you need it, um, I might cook it a little bit longer. And then, you know, you want to be able to move it around. You need a slotted spoon or some sort of a uh, something that has, um, uh, uh, you know, slots in it and just pull that out. And if you're doing it ahead of time, they should go into an ice bath. So ice water, uh, pretty loose ice water so you're not hurting the egg as you dip it in there. And what that does is it allows you to trim up the egg. So if you want it to be nice and neat and pretty, you can use your scissors and, and trim off some of the excess white that doesn't maybe look nice. And then um, when you are ready to serve, all you have to do is drop it just long enough to warm it or make it hot, but you want it to be loose. And, and, and also, I think you really you need to remember to season the egg. Uh, even with cooks, sometimes I have to remind the cook to, hey, don't forget to salt that or don't forget to put the dressing on the egg. And, and another way, and I know this won't appeal to everyone, but um, I, I am currently doing the salad with uh, grilled veal sweetbreads. And as I said, I know that doesn't appeal That's to a everyone. Dandy, dandy garnish. Oh, I have to say, it's awfully good. So, I want to make sense, crispy on the outside, it and creamy does. on the inside. It does. It does. And and to have the sweetbread with the lettuce and the lardon and the, the you know sharp dressing, it's and the poached egg sort of just you know the yolk going all over that sweetbread. That is some kind of fun.
0: When we come back on formidable phone food and wine, you're going to have to give us the your secret recipe for the dressing, for the frisée salad. All right. I'm going to go through the method on that. All of that and more on the Formula Wolf on food and wine on WYPR. Foreman and Wolf on food and wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Jeff, Cindy Wolf. So Cindy, you're about to give us your top secret uh, frisé <laughs> salad vinaigrette.
1: Alright, so I don't know what's top secret about it, but it's red wine vinegar and a little bit of finely chopped shallot and 50% corn oil and 50% extra virgin olive oil um, and salt and pepper. So
0: Whisk. It's not top secret. At uh, all. There's
1: nothing top secret about it. It's a simple vinaigrette. No
0: mustard. No no secret ingredients. No,
1: no. Uh, you just want to have a good ratio. I would do one to four ratio of um, uh, vinegar to oil and. Um, or oil to vinegar, I should say. Uh, That would be really crazy. That would be really sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, and one of the things about that dressing is a little bit of it needs to go into the pan uh, at the beginning. And I will say there is sort of something top secret about it. When when you go to um, get your pan hot, And please remember, you're just barely wilting your lettuce. So literally with a hot pan, if you're doing two or three or four salads in that good size saute pan, you're going to toss it in there and almost immediately take it off the heat and just toss it around and then get it on the plate. And you need to be prepared for that. It's
0: enough to to take the chill off. It is. But not so much to cook it. You're not cooking it.
1: You're just wilting it, literally, truly wilting it. That means your egg needs to go down first. So if you're cooking your egg from scratch, that needs to be in the poaching water first.
0: So you heat your pan, mm-hmm. you drop your egg. hmm Right. Then you deal with your greens. Yeah.
1: So you talk about secrets. So
0: And the greens are frisee. Like all frisee. Cur- cur- you know.
1: Yeah. Or curly undyed. Curly undyed. That's fine. Um, put the bacon in the pan, but reserve the fat from the bacon when you cook it because you want to put about a teaspoon or so, uh, probably per salad, of uh, the bacon fat in with the bacon, Work that first. And, the, and the, when you when I say that, you're on high heat. That's so that's that, like that's 30 what, seconds. That's what
0: seasons the pan.
1: It does. Season the pan. Then you drop in, You shake up your vinaigrette very well. Um, add it to the pan. And then immediately go in with the lettuce, salt and pepper, toss, toss, and um, out it comes. And, and it
0: comes th- out into a bowl with the rest of the, the other two-thirds of the vinaigrette, right?
1: Right. The, the vinaigrette, you want to just kind of shake on top of the egg, then salt the egg, and a little bit more on top of the, the salad. You're going to need a little bit extra, not just what's in the pan.
0: Right. And then plenty of salt and pepper on the egg and right, on right, the salad. Right. All right. So, but the Frise salad we talked about as a potential main course. Are there any other snacks that people could walk in the door? starters. And, right. And know that maybe it's going to improve their morning? Maybe, they, <laughs> maybe, maybe their evening was not the best.
1: I love raw fish. And so, if you can get your hands on some raw fish, what?
0: I'm just thinking, oh boy, if I had a hangover and you gave me raw fish, oh well, it not- might be really good, actually.
1: Okay, so maybe you went out fishing and caught spicy. a caught a local wild rockfish. That would be really great. Um, you could do a quick ceviche with that. And I love ceviche that's not been marinated for a long period of time. Uh, I make mine where I actually add the ceviche marinade to order. But if you should do the, you, for this, you want to do it ahead.
0: So you kind of like brush the slices of, mm-hmm. of the fish with the, mm-hmm. with the marinade.
1: But it, let's say you did go fishing. You have this beautiful, fresh rockfish. Cut it into a very small dice. Um, put it in the bowl with a little bit of lime and lemon and a good extra virgin olive oil. Maybe a little fleur de sel if you have it. If not, kosher salt. Um, freshly ground black pepper. A very very fine uh, chop of jalapeno, cilantro, and um, call it a day, and just toss and have that on. I, you're going to have to figure out some way to keep that very cold while it's out. That's you know. So again, it should come out when your guests are there and you're ready to actually be serving. Do you have any suggestions for how to, you know ice underneath that? I am in
0: a bigger bowl with ice, and yeah. A smaller bowl on top of that. That's right. about, that's and, one of the only easy ways to do it. Okay, and just stay if on it, top of it. If the ice melts in the in the bigger bowl. You're know, in trouble. You, you may float that,
1: float <laughs> in that smaller
0: one and end up with watery ceviche. <laughs> so That's maybe if the ice is
1: is a little bit crushed and you just kind of have a backup. Oh, oh, well, actually, you could pop it in the freezer and have it be just a little bit extra, extra cold, that bowl with the crushed ice in it, and then pop the bowl into it and then just plan on replacing it. Maybe have a backup bowl in the freezer with more crushed ice or, or you can you whole get whole cubes.
0: You could also just pass little spoons in yeah. the ceviche.
1: Mm, or have spoons mm. out and just, you know, say, hey, have, having it's it, time to eat this right now, Having y'all. it
0: almost <laughs> like, a, ceviche almost like a cold dip mm-hmm. with uh, fresh fried tortilla chips.
1: Oh, yeah. That would be and fun. And maybe,
0: uh, you know, a, an attitude-adjusting uh, fine fine beer might be a okay. good way to begin a Sunday. There
1: you go. And then um, salmon tartare I would do, I think for brunch it would be just so much fun to do. Pink grapefruit pieces in there. As your acid, again, sort of a neutral oil, corn with just a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, uh, chives, fresh chives, and you know, I would toast some sesame seeds and toss them in, and maybe even a little bit of ginger, um, just to give it a different flavor profile.
0: I would admit to, to to almost wanting to put like one tiny drop of sesame oil or something. In sure, that, that would be delicious. That might be a mm-hmm. might be a fun thing, and that's that tartar is a pretty good that's a pretty good cocktail match. For what? If it has the sesame oil, maybe even like a very old-fashioned uh, whiskey sour—not hmm. an old-fashioned and a whiskey sour combined, but a, but a very old-school whiskey sour. That would be fun. That you make with uh, egg whites and the fresh juice
1: and hmm. what else is know, in your there? Your spirit of choice. I don't know how to make that whiskey. Okay, that's it. It's just
0: <laughs> you can you can play games with uh, a little simple syrup or a little bit of cointreau if you want to. Um, some people will—you could use a little bit of luxardo, which is a cherry liqueur. In there as well. So it of depends how tart you you make it with your citrus. You, what the goal is to balance out the tart and the sweet between the citrus and and what you do the sugary. And it also depends on how much of flavor you want from your spirit. Is it a bourbon that has a strong sweet flavor? Is it rye that has a more savory flavor than that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's you, you, you kind of get to play your games with that. But I. I have strong mm. memories of my uh, mm. my grandfather mixing pitchers of whiskey sour for, mm. you know, Sunday Sunday one o'clock uh, brunches at, at their house when I was a little boy. That's great. It does require making the, the sour mix to order. Okay. You know, you have to, it's and it is that the citrus, the if you're using another seasoning spirit like Luxardo or Cointreau or something. And, I love Cointreau. And, and the egg white mm-hmm. and getting it good and frothy, but okay. not wild. Okay. So that, you, so that you can shake it if you're going to pour individual ones. Or if you're making a pitcher, you get it pretty frothy. And a little bit more sugar will help stabilize that And then too. you
1: pour it over ice or?
0: You can pour that over ice. If, it's, if you're being moderate about brunch, you'd pour that over ice. Okay. Let, let, me, let me get you focused on egg dishes okay. for just a second. Let's talk about one or two more egg dishes to, to, to round out possible brunch menus.
1: I would, I would love to suggest a book, and it's by Michel Roux. And it's Roux, produced by Wiley Publishers, and um, it's called Eggs. And there are so many. His recipes are great, and there's and he's a great chef. And there are a lot of um, different types of recipes. And I'm actually going to quote a recipe from his book, which he had an idea of putting a poached egg on a little onion tartlet. And I'm I just thought, oh my gosh, that's a perfect thing to do for brunch because you can make they're made the tartlets are made from puff pastry, not from. You know, tart dough. And how easy is that for people, you know, to just go buy puff pastry if you don't want to make it yourself, which is a little bit time consuming?
0: It's like a little flour cooking.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, I love those. So a little puff pastry circle, caramelize a little bit of onion, um, maybe a little bit of cheese on there. You could put a little Reggiano on a little bit of fresh thyme, and then put your egg and you have this wonderful, almost like little nest or pocket to put that poached egg in. And I I just love that idea. And I think I would also still hit that with a sort of that acidic vinaigrette, you know, maybe a little red wine vinegar. Now we could add your mustard that you like, because mustard with that onion tart would be incredible incredible and whole grain mustard That's what actually you with your flamble cooking all oh, right there you go all right so <laughs> i just so, think that would be fun way to ha- handle poached eggs
0: dealing with the dealing with the onions mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm. dry pan so you put a saute pan on, get it hot, and really thinly julienne the onions and um, just put them in that dry pan and, and shake them around. You, have to, you, you don't get to leave. You don't get to use your phone. You have to stand let there them, and concentrate. Let them, let them sweat and move. Yeah. And they will become beautifully caramelized. And at some point, you can add a little bit of butter. And sometimes I even add a tiny bit of sugar.
0: And pretty, pretty low heat, right?
1: Yes. And I often deglaze that pan with a little bit of aged sherry vinegar. And wow, that's, that's some good stuff. And that way and if you did do the vinegar to deglaze that pan, I would not add a vinaigrette to the dish. Um, but that's a great way to handle poached eggs. One of the other dishes is is scrambled eggs. and you know, for me, breaking the curd up in that egg and really handling the egg properly um, is, is is makes all the difference in the world when you're making scrambled eggs. And a great way to make that into a, a little bit more serious dish is the way they do in France. They'll often add a very thin slice of madrange ham to the pan or or onto the plate, and you can just you know lay your eggs on top of the ham and i and you've kind yeah. of given them everything they need there's there's your little bit of meat that you wish you had you don't have to make bacon and deal with that you can just really, you know kind of quickly uh you know spoon those beautifully scrambled eggs over that wonderful slice of ham
0: yeah there's also one I mean, they'll do f- fried eggs like that called ouseau le plat mm-hmm. that are, uh you get a little bit of that fat in the pan that uh, you know that you can baste the fried egg with too which is Yum. Pretty darn nice,
1: right? Um, so I was thinking, a wonderful way to do French toast is to use brioche. It, it, it you can sauté it super fast. Um, it's it, because it is such a light bread. So if you can get your hands on brioche, or if you make your own, do a slice not too thick. I don't believe in crazy thick French, you know, French toast. Um, but slice it, uh, go into a mixture of cream eggs that you whisk together with cinnamon and a little bit of sugar. And this is a great place to add a little alcohol if you like. You could add your... So qu- it's sort of like
0: a sweetened custard mixture.
1: Mm-hmm. You could add your Cointreau that, that you just spoke about, which I think is gorgeous, um, or a little bit of cognac or a little bit of rum, uh, whatever you like, or not at all. Yeah, and Maybe at
0: this moment in time, a little bourbon.
1: And a little vanilla bean. So or bourbon, yes. Oh, yum! That sounds good. Especially if you if you put a little vanilla bean in, that's going to be really good. And then you just quickly dip because that bread is soft. This is not, you know, your day old stale bread that you're making um, French toast with. So dip it in quickly and then go right into a pan with. I would use clarified butter. So just the fat of of the butter, um, which will give you a little bit higher heat. If one uh, is not using
0: clarified butter, just canola oil.
1: That's uh, no. I really I can't stand the idea of sautéing in oil for. For brioche. I, I, I did can't. it just to see you make the no, face. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's got to be just butter. Just to see you It'll make the face. It'll just be easier for you if you use clarified butter. But um, I actually do it in whole butter and brown both sides. And then make a mixture of, um, you can, I would peel the apples. Oh my gosh! If they're Honey Crisps, that's going to be so good because they're tart and sweet and they're crispy. I would do peel them, do a, a small, a, like a, maybe a medium dice, and saute. Uh, here, here comes more butter, Tony. Uh, saute the <laughs> apples in butter with like cinnamon, butter. brown sugar, and then add a little bit. And you can add a little vanilla to that too if you want. But if you've already used it in the batter, you don't need to. And then finish with, if you want, pecans. Um, and I would have toasted the pecans crumbled them up uh, into smaller pieces if they were halves and then um, add that to the pan at the end so they don't become too soggy. But uh, that would be very good over your your brioche French toast.
0: Sounds awfully good. You re- I'm going to tell you about the, the next snack that you're going to wish that you didn't learn about because you're going to make it. <laughs> Remember the tomato skins?
1: Oh, I love those things, yes. So
0: do a great big apple peel from a sweet apple like a honey crisp. Right. A little bit of salt. Fry it in the fryer Mm -hmm. and the deep fryer. When it comes out, a tiny little bit of uh, sugar and cayenne.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Cayenne? Yes, sir. That sounds good.
0: It's crazy good.
1: I think the other thing that's – one of the things that's so common in France and is such a nice thing to have for brunch because you just put it in the oven because you can make it the day before is quiche. And a well-made quiche is unbelievably good. And also it kind of fits, think, fills all your needs, too. because quiche you quiche is a holy grail for a lot of home oh, cooks. Oh, my goodness. And make a great tart dough and, you know, a simple custard, um, mm-hmm. basically two cups of milk, two cups of heavy cream, six large eggs, a little bit of salt and pepper, and maybe a little bit of nutmeg. I mean, that's a good good recipe to go by for the custard for the custard into, the, into, the, into crust. the and then you know you can add whatever you want but just i encourage you to make sure it's small whatever it is if it's bacon it's got to be tiny if it's meat if, if it's ham it needs to be a small dice
0: let's get into finishing up the quiche and, okay. the, and the pastry when we come back on former loaf on food and wine on wypr Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman
1: and Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: So, Cindy, we were we were mid quiche, so let's let's separate (laughs) it into custard and crust because those are really that's that's the whole ballgame, right?
1: Right. So, the custard is really simple to make. Um, You can actually even put everything in a blender, but personally, I just whisk everything in a bowl. So, the two cups of milk and the two cups of heavy cream, if if this is the recipe you're going to follow, needs to come up to just just below a boil, um, so put it in a sauce pot, make it hot, take it out, and then let it cool down for a few minutes so it's not as hot, and then you can whisk. And on the side, you should have your six large eggs whisked. Now you're going to whisk them into the hot dairy product, season it, and I would just pass it through a strainer, all the pieces of the egg, um, nice and cleanly right, out of there, course. and then that's your custard. So from there, you add whatever you want. And I had started to say. You know What will happen is you want to you want to bake this um, at a temperature that the custard doesn't scramble, obviously. And you don't want to have garnish in there that's so big that it breaks up the custard. Because your garnish is going to sink to the bottom of the custard. And you also don't want to overdo the quantity of garnish. Because you want enough custard in between the pieces of garnish that everything's going to hold together nicely for you. So um, you're not sinking a lot of money into this because you can only put so much bacon or ham or... Crab meat, or uh, you know, vegetables. If you want to put zucchini or asparagus, or or if you're just putting cheese in your custard, um, which is great. Um, I, I love just a Gruyere and Reggiano custard. Um, it doesn't have to have anything else in it, or you could do goat cheese,
0: duck confit, and green olives. Oh boy! Or something,
1: All right, you know? well that's yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. No, it sound good? sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I'm having quiche dreams. Over you want to you want to blind bake your your uh, dough? You know, so you have so a quiche pan with a high.
0: Baked doesn't Mm. mean blindfolds. (laughs) That's dangerous. Uh,
1: Yeah. Um, So you have a quiche pan with a high side, preferably. Uh, And it's a fluted pan. Um, You want to lightly butter the the pan, um, the tart shell, and then flour it so that your custard doesn't stick. Or you can even cut a circle of parchment paper out, put that on the bottom of the ring mold or the mold, and um, again, butter and flour that so it doesn't stick to the paper either. And that's on both sides, by the way. And then you put in your your tart dough, press it to the sides, and then you put in something like lentils. You wanna put like a piece of parchment paper in there and then lentils so or gonna, some sort of bean. So you're
0: gonna par-bake that dried shell. Dried
1: bean, mm-hmm, you par-bake so the shell, and then.
0: What goes into that dough that makes up that shell?
1: is typically flour, butter, you know, a little bit of salt, um, but just, you know, find your favorite recipe for a tart dough and use what. And it's a savory your, one, it's not it's a, a sweet, yeah. Right what you're used to working with is going to be fine. And put that in, blind bake it, and then pull it out, let it cool down, and then you put your custard in. And you do not want to go too far when you bake it because obviously you have to cook your custard now and you don't want to over over dry or over bake them. It's one of those like you're, the, you're
0: finishing it, but you're not browning
1: it. Right. Pour your custard in with whatever garnish and you want to bake that on really at about 290 degrees um, and you want to be pretty familiar that your oven is on temperature. So I always suggest using an oven thermometer to make sure things are right, uh, because all of our ovens are different. And you do want to rotate, and I would put it on a sheet pan, which helps to protect the bottom of the the tart um, from getting too brown. And you don't want to be too close to your heating element either. So you want to be about Uh, one quarter of the way up uh, in your oven and just and don't do convection you want it to bake slowly you have a custard here so you want to handle it very delicately and when once it's set it comes out because you do not want to over bake it
0: it'll keep carrying over a bit
1: yeah a little bit it will and then from there it's you know, are you eating it today? Then let it let it cool down a little bit because it needs to solidify a bit. And then, you know, cut it when you're ready. Or if you're pre-baking it, um, if you're making this a day before, you're going to have to refrigerate it, obviously. And so do think about that when you go to bring it out, um, to bake it, that you, I would bring it out and let it come up to room temperature. So I'd let it sit out for probably about 30 minutes before I went to bake it. So again, you can heat it up very gently, uh, you know, 300 degrees, 325 degrees, no convection.
0: And get it just... Just warm. Just warm.
1: Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, the more you cook it, the more you're going to ruin the custard, and it's that's just, that's the whole just, thing.
0: You're just going to make it tough. The whole thing is for it to be tender.
1: Right, and and that is the key to making an excellent quiche is not overcooking that custard or baking it too high heat. So that's quiche.
0: Any of the dishes you want to throw on uh, potential menu items for brunch?
1: I think that shrimp and grits, um, being a very traditional. Oh, it's nice to have a southern dish. Yeah, it, it, it is really a. It is typically a breakfast dish, and you know, once you had a bunch of southern chefs start doing it in restaurants, um, it's become much more thought of as an appetizer, but it started off as a breakfast dish.
0: There are a lot of chefs who do a lot of variations, but I remember you explaining once upon a time to me about <laughs> this simple way, like they would go out shrimping, come right. back.
1: Right. You know, you can only think that if you go out shrimping at about 4 a.m., and you're out there all, you know, the rest of the night until the early morning hours. You're hungry when you come back. And you may have had a couple of beers while you're out there. Maybe if you're you, while you're out there shrimping, not me. I
0: don't I, do a lot of shrimping and <laughs> I don't drink a lot of beer at 5.15 a.m., okay?
1: <laughs> but when you come in, no matter what you've done, you're going to be hungry.
0: Now, if someone's told and me And you're
1: looking at all these beautiful fresh shrimp. Why in the world you wouldn't cook them right away and have some? I don't know.
0: Yeah, if someone told me it's brunch, I'm going to have something <laughs> to drink. Because that's permission to take the rest of the day off.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, with uh, head-on shrimp, you want to pull the antenna off. Uh, You don't really want to cook that part. Um, It's not necessary. You're not going to be eating it. It's just going to clog up your pan. So then uh, leave the heads on because they are very fresh. If you're in that situation. Otherwise, if you're using a headless shrimp, just uh, peel uh, down to the tail. And um, again, getting back to the head-on shrimp, I also take the tail off, the shell tail off, uh, because you've already got the head on. That's enough to mess around with. You don't need further shell to have in your pan. Either way, saute in a little bit of fresh butter and on low heat. You do not make that pan super hot. I actually use a cold pan. It's one of the only times I can think of where I cook where I go into a cold pan because I do not like shrimp to be cooked hard. I want them to be cooked pretty gently so you have a cold pan, melt the butter, add the shrimps, move them around, and right at the end, add a little bit of finely chopped, nice fresh garlic, and maybe even a shot of lemon, a little salt, and pepper, and serve it over those beautiful creamy grits that are made with milk, a tiny bit of butter and salt, and hopefully they're stone ground. Um, the the long cook time is your is your grits. Grits take about 40 minutes to cook when they are um, fresh uh, stone ground. So that hopefully is already in your refrigerator and all you have to do is pull the grits out, heat them up with a little bit of extra milk and and then saute saute those shrimp and, and there you go.
0: Where can one buy fresh grits? I keep um, thinking of uh that that very friendly Quaker guy and that's That doesn't strike me as being the fresh-milled grits in the south that I want.
1: Thankfully, there are a number of places you can buy freshly stoned ground grits now. Um, Anson's Mill is who I use. They're they're actually based out of Columbia, but uh, the company also works out of Charleston, uh, South Carolina. So um, they have a great product, and they have a lot of great products. Uh, The man that owns uh, the mill, uh, Glenn Roberts, um, I've known for well, since I was 19 years old, and he is a brilliant man and has really done a lot to preserve the pathways of southern cooking uh, through his, his products. So he uses an heirloom variety corn uh, to uh, to uh, be ground for grits, and they are really spectacular.
0: Yeah, they're really – the ones you use. smell like, smell and taste. You can taste <laughs> the sweet, fresh corn.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it's an amazing thing when you get it. It's, it's just another uh, uh, sign of when you have a great product, uh, what you can make with it and how good your food can be because you've started off with an ingredient that is excellent.
0: I mean, you're talking about three ingredients. You're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. grits, <laughs> butter, and shrimp.
1: Right. And a little garlic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good.
0: So is Fun it time? Lunch.
1: For the chef's challenge? Is it
0: time for the chef's challenge?
1: Yes. You're going first. Here Are you, you go. prepared? Here you go, Tony. It's brunch. I'm not and going your first. Situation, this ladies first. My situation. In your situation, you do have, you'll note at the bottom of the page, full pantry, uh, full cellar, and full bar. So oh, feel hi. free to um,
0: That's fun.
1: Add, uh, enjoy that so aspect. But your situation is that you're at, I'm making you come to my house. <laughs> but uh, you,
0: your house is fine to cook in.
1: Right. So my house, uh, my I think farm. It'll, I think it'll do. Which means you also have a garden. So...
0: Let's see. Arugula, peaches, eggs, bacon, gray air, goat cheese, homemade sausage. In, uh, in a perfect world, the sausage I would I would be making in my brain right now is uh, chorizo from goat. Mm-hmm. from uh, goat. Um, I don't know why I have goat on the brain, but day-old baguette, uh, lump crab, heads-on shrimp, heirloom tomato. I mean, you obviously need to do an egg dish. If there's cream, I'd make a frittata, which is really similar to your, your mm-hmm. quiche filling, you know, the, the, the quiche custard with the eggs and the, uh, and the cream. But I'd want to make that frittata with uh, the goat chorizo and the goat's cheese and, and a little bit of the heirloom tomato. I'd have to really drain those tomatoes otherwise they'll, they'll make my frittata Water. really...
1: Water down the eggs.
0: Water down and, uh, and sort of do an oddball thing, which is I'm not going to do a quickie in like a heavy pan. I'm going to do it in a water bath. So maybe in a gratin dish, something like that. And uh, assuming I can go out in your... Actually, you know what? That uh, that arugula, that arugula just chopped up, served with uh, that frittata and the day-old baguette. Just mm-hmm. toast slices and in, in butter in the pan. Yes, I'm using butter. <laughs> toast slices and butter in the pan and make a little, little warm crouton. Serve that alongside with uh, the frittata. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, what else do I have to play with? I have bacon, I have Gruyere, I have heads on shrimp, and lump crab. There's a little more tomato left around. So I've got no mayo. I can make no crab cakes.
1: You yeah, have full pantry.
0: I full, oh, full pantry means mm-hmm, yep, oh.
1: pretty much you have what you need. Oh, okay. Condiment wise.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do an odd thing. I'm going to make crab cakes with a little bit of rendered off bacon, really in tiny, fine dice.
1: You can imagine what I have at my house. In yeah. my pantry.
0: <laughs> and what I really wish I had to serve with that, just a little bit of green onion. Okay. Um, but that that would be good fun. And um serve those crab cakes on slices of the heirloom tomato. I think that's a solid that'd be a, a solid and simple dish. I think the only thing that's left to play with the the heads on shrimp and the gray air I'm not gonna put trees with the seafood. I can't do that. Right. There's too much too much Italian cooking in my veins to <laughs> to do that. The, the gray air is going to have to stay in the fridge. The heads-on shrimp, I would poach and peel. And uh, if you have a, even just a little simple mustard mayonnaise, Tabasco, make up a little sauce and just serve those uh, very easily. Or use a little bit of the heirloom and tomato and make a little puree and put it in there. But uh, literally, just the chilled shrimp, with uh, that's a nice snack to walk into. You got the peaches left to yeah. slice and have for dessert and I know what I'm doing in the, in the cellar. I can, I was I can gonna keep say, people.
1: So what's happening with so the drinking? So what, what, what's ha- what's what's <laughs>
0: happening is they're having little those 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 shrimp as a snack. They're going to have uh, um, that crab cake as uh, with the heirloom tomato with, with with a little bit of bacon in it as uh, first course, mm-hmm. and they're going to have the egg dish, the that sort of very tender frittata with the goat cheese and the goat chorizo, and the dough baguette as a main course. And what do I want? Um, mm, great big old white Rioja maybe. Oh, Carry okay. all the way through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that, that sounds nice.
0: Maybe that, a magnum. That, that might be a good font. Or white enough of pop. Maybe Marcou with about 10 years bottle age on it. Yes, please. It would be pretty nice. <laughs> so that's, that's, <laughs> wow. that's, that's just in my brain. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see here. Okay. Let's see if you can read my handwriting. That's, sweet, that's job number one.
1: Sweet white corn, zucchini, sweet peppers, eggplants, poblano peppers, whole chicken. Oh, good. Small amount of lump crab, chicken stock, roma, tomatoes, ginger, oregano, cilantro, blackberries, milk, butter, duck fat. Mm. Okay.
0: Your situation is that you're in your kitchen? Mine. Yeah.
1: At work? Uh, No, 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 no. (laughs) At your house. (laughs) Okay. At your house.
0: (laughs) And one of your guests is a vegetarian.
1: Okay. Good. All right. I think, uh, obviously, the whole chicken. I, I I absolutely have to use that duck fat on that whole chicken. I'm just I've never done that, and it seems like a good idea. So I'm going to put a little duck fat underneath the skin, with oregano, and um, and then I'm going to I'm going to melt the duck fat and put and baste that chicken with it the whole time it's in the oven. And um, near the end, I'm going to put the sweet peppers in the oven with the chicken and the poblano peppers so that they roast beautifully. I'm also going to roast eggplant in the oven. So I'll, I'll cut the eggplant in half, rub it with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper on the flesh side and roast it flesh side down. And that can be in the oven with the chicken. There's nothing wrong with that. And the zucchini, I'm going to do... Um, I'm going to grill the zucchini. So I'm going to do a batonet, which is sort of like the size of your little finger and in a square, in a rectangle. And I'm going to rub that with extra virgin olive oil, salt and pepper and a little bit of that ginger just for fun. So maybe I'll just kind of chop up the ginger and add it to that marinade for the zucchini and that would also be good on the eggplants when they come out of the oven. So when when you work with the roasted eggplant you 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 allow uh, the pockets of seeds to be pretty easily exposed. So you can, when the eggplant cools down a little bit, I I remove the outer shell um, that becomes trash and you can just sort of open it up and pull the pockets of seeds out so you don't have too many seeds. And then I'll brush that with that same marinade. So you'll have eggplant roasted, which I'm just going to mold onto the plate. I'm going to have to be, there's not a lot you can do or you could maybe quenelle it, but if I mold the eggplant on the plate, I have my sweet peppers and my poblano peppers in a julienne. I've added my batonet of zucchini to that, and then I'll just break down that whole chicken and have everybody gets, you know, a little bit of the breast meat, a little bit of the leg or thigh meat, and that's the garnish for that. And then with blackberries, hmm, blackberries and roma tomatoes, ah, I, I have chicken stock, so I'm going to deep glaze that roasting pan with the chicken stock. I'm going to add a little bit to have wine. Sure. Okay. So I'm gonna it's add, your house. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> There's a lot of wine, <laughs> so I'll deglaze the pan with a little bit of white wine and the chicken stock and reduce that down. And I'm gonna make a very light sauce. I'm actually gonna mount that with. I'll reduce it down so it's probably about fifty percent of the way towards being a sauce. So it's really more of a jus, and I will mount it with cold butter, which will help to thicken it a little bit, and that will nappé over the top of the chicken and will also become a sauce for all those vegetables on the plate. Um, the sweet corn. Yeah. The vegetarian can will enjoy, you know, definitely the, the, the peppers and the eggplant and the zucchini, that's a great course. The sweet corn I can make a little quick soup from and uh I have I'm gonna say I have onions and shallots at my house, so saute onion and shallot and a little bit of butter. Add the I will roast the corn, cut it off the cob, add that to the pot, add a little bit of um uh, cream, because I have that at my house, and um, a little salt and pepper. And I just almost make disallowed quick, your cream. <laughs> uh, make a quick uh, sweet corn soup, and I will blend that and strain it, and that will be a very pretty course first course for everybody. And that could be garnished with a little bit of the cilantro. So I have Roman tomatoes and blackberries. The blackberries are g- going to become dessert. And I'm just going to make a quick tart. So I'll make a blackberry tart. uh, And again, I I might actually use a little bit of that duck fat. I'll put it in with the butter, which will make for a very interesting tart. And make a quick blackberry tart, maybe even little individual tarts. Or I might even do them in stove pans, uh, just so that everybody has their own kind of little hot tart in front of them at the end of the meal. And the Roma tomatoes are going to be its own salad, so sliced Roma. I thought the
0: Southerner and you might make uh, little little sweet biscuits and and serve the blackberries with that.
1: Hmm. I never thought of that. No, <laughs> but that would be good. Um, but the Roma tomatoes can be a little cold salad. Uh, just great extra virgin olive oil, um, salt and pepper, and some fresh herbs from the garden. And I have uh, butter lettuces and red romaine and. Uh, Ha- uh, Grandma Hadley's speckled uh, lettuce, so that would go with uh, the Roman tomatoes. Grandma Hadley's speckled I love that lettuce. Name. I what love is Grandma that
0: name. Hadley doing for lettuce now?
1: I don't know. All I know is is that it's really good, that and is it's, the a little tart. it's a most ridiculous name. It's a little lettuce tart. I love it. I love it.
0: Well, that's all we have time for on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. and Tony Foreman and Chef Cindy Wolf. If you want to listen to this program or other podcasts, please go to the WYPR website, look up the Formula Wolf page. If you want to correspond with us, uh, send us an email, foremanwolf at wypr.org. And if you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at Chef Cindy Wolf or on Instagram at Chef Wolf.
0: Thanks so much for listening.
1: And happy Sunday.